This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And that's freetalklive.com. We start things out here by going straight to your phone calls. Uh, we go to the amp line, unscreened. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. It's Brian in Colorado. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. What's on your mind tonight? How you doing, guys? Uh, today, I made... Sorry, I'm just getting over a cold here. Uh, I, I made some herbal lollipops. Herbal lollipops. Tell yeah. me about these. Well, uh, it's uh, basically a lollipop. You know, sugar and everything. And uh-huh. uh, uh, it's got, you know, some kind of herb, whatever herb you got hanging around. Okay. And so you get the essence of that herb. How'd that go? <laughs> it went pretty well. I, I, there's actually a couple of ways uh, uh, to do this, and I did it with a, I, I made a tincture, an herbal tincture. So they're alcoholic herbal uh, well, lollipops. Hopefully not. I, I, I tried to boil out all the alcohol. Okay. But uh, this tincture took about oh, about a month and a half. You just, you know, throw a, wow. about a half ounce of herbs in a, um, in a, in a fifth of Everclear, you know, high, high alcohol mm-hmm. stuff. And then just kind of let it soak there every, you know, a couple times a day, maybe every day. You just kind of shake it up. And then um, I used uh, honey instead of sugar. A lot of times to, to make, you know, hard candy, you use uh, sugar and just a little bit of water. Mm-hmm. And you heat it up to, I think, 350 degrees or something like that. Okay. I, don't ask me. Okay. I, I, You're the one making these uh, tincture lollipops here. <laughs> so then, I, you know, the, uh, the first time I tried to, uh, to boil off the alcohol... Uh-huh. Uh, I did it. I did it over in, on a gas stove. Uh huh. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> what happened? Well, the, the gas, uh, I guess, uh, is a little bit heavier than air, and it goes down and ignites with the uh, with the propane. You oh know, my! Uh, mm. Sounds like an adventure in lollipops. <laughs> so no, I, I heat it up with a crock pot just to burn out the alcohol, and then add the honey. Crock pots sound safer. Yeah, like Not it. that I would have known. I, I, if you would have asked me how to, how to do this, I certainly wouldn't have had the advice that uh, you just came up with. Hey, you learn something new every night here on Free Talk Live. Well, so, I've never made candy before. I mean, you know, this gave me an incentive to make a little candy. Yeah, right on. I'm glad it turned out all right for you. What else was on your mind tonight? Anything? Well, actually, there was something that I was thinking about. Um, something for Mark. Um, yeah. When I was, oh, I don't know, just out of college, I guess, I heard a, a Chinese philosophy or a Chinese uh, proverb. And it goes something like this. It says, um, a man is not a man until he's, until he's done three things. Okay. Uh, wrote a book, raised a boy to manhood, and built a house. Okay. And I really didn't know what that meant until oh, several years later. But what, what I think that is, is um, because, you know, it's okay, so you, you can't raise a girl. You know, <laughs> you have to build a house, can you build a shed? You know, can you build a, 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 a commercial building or something? <laughs> uh, and, you know, what is a book? Well, if you think about it, these three things represent three um, essences of, of a person. Okay. You've got the book, which is your mind. You've got the house, which is your physical labor. You build this thing. And then you've got your DNA. If hmm. you do these three things, you will live forever. Makes sense. So that, that's the idea. Because you build a house, you die, somebody can still take advantage of, of what you did with your hands. Right. They can live you in it. You write a book, you die. You know, People can still learn from you even after you're dead. And, of course, the, the DNA thing. Yeah. So then doing the, this radio show would count as uh, building, uh, not building writing a house, book. but writing a book then. I, 
I, I think it would be writing a book, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. good because I certainly don't want to write. Um, I, I have, and I don't many, want to have kids. I've, I've thought many, many times about uh, about writing a book, but you know, it it just seems so awful to me. Writing email is awful. I just don't really? enjoy the process of writing. I I do truly enjoy my job as a radio talk show. Well, host. Why would you want to do a book? Is it just because that's what you think radio talk show hosts are supposed to do? Is throw a book out there every couple of years? Yeah, I see. And and well, I, I, I've written a few books, and and they are they are the hardest, they're the easiest thing in the world to start. Everybody's got ten ideas for a book, sure, but it, it is the hardest thing in the world to finish. There's just a million things you want to do rather than just you know get back and tie up all the loose ends of this book. Very good, Brian. Thank you for the uh, the advice and the interesting conversation tonight. I appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. That building a house thing, that might have been true when you built your own house, but now when you have to ask, con- you know, you, you you go through contractors. I'll tell you, the the contracting process uh, was disappointing um, it, at, at best. Uh, that If it wasn't for the Free State Project members here that were helping me build this mm-hmm. house, and largely they have done most of the work, I, I would have been, been paid for it. Very, very. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to make it seem like they were um, entirely volunteering, but the rates at which they've been paid are darn close to volunteering. Wait, yeah, they're way below market rates. Yeah, well below. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> between the contractors and the uh, the town, I I really haven't enjoyed the process of building. I will really enjoy moving into the house next week, though. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You uh, can bring up whatever's on your mind. Here is the latest, by the way, on the MySpace case. Uh, one of our callers brought this up earlier this week, but now we've got the story from ABC News where you heard that uh, the mother of a teenager who committed suicide after becoming the target of an online hoax has... Uh, the mother of that teenager has apparently said she thinks the woman charged with perpetrating the hoax deserves life in prison. I'm sure she's really, really upset. And um, when it comes to these circumstances, I don't think the victim is the best person to de- to decide what justice is. You know, uh, you know, th- th- this is a person that's uh, felt a great loss in her life, and she can't look at the uh, the situation realistically. Mm-hmm. To her, this woman killed her daughter. In reality, her daughter it seems killed herself. To me, yeah, her daughter killed herself. Uh, who's to say that uh, this girl that killed herself over a uh, you know an internet boyfriend that whom she had never met? Who's to say that she wouldn't have killed herself over the next silly little thing that came along? That's a great point, and I think that um, the major issue here is that this case and the direction it's going in, which is that if you do something that hurts somebody's feelings, you could go to federal prison. That's the direction this is going in, as far as if if the federal government wins this case. And this woman gets sentenced for her alleged crimes, which we'll tell you about in a moment here. That's going to set some very disturbing precedent. And it all has to do with the idea that you aren't responsible for your actions, that other people are responsible for, for your actions, that because of what you choose to do, because of what, how you react to someone's actions and someone's choices and the words that they say, that's not a factor. It doesn't matter how you react it's all because of what they said. The, your actions can be completely blamed upon the actions of another person. Your decisions can be pawned off on the actions and, and choices of another. And that's really disturbing to me. Well, I, I don't, I wouldn't, this woman didn't say something, the, the equivalent of uh, good morning, Susie, to this little girl. I mean, she, she did go out, uh, it, it, it would appear, I'm not 100% sure, I mean, it's difficult to say who did it, whether it was the daughter or the mother, but it would appear as though it was one of those two. Um, it, you know, it would appear as though she went out to 
you know, sort of torture the girl a little, to teach her a lesson for being mean to her daughter, or it was the daughter, or something like that. So, I don't think torture is the right word. This doesn't involve any bodily harm. If if she had mental anguish, it was brought. If if she was mentally anguished, it was brought on by herself by continuing to participate in the process of sending emails to someone she didn't know over the internet. This whole idea that this woman can even be charged with anything at all suggests that people are not responsible for their own actions. Let me get into the story. Meyer, Tina Meyer, said on Good Morning America, she deserves the life sentence that our family has been given. She was referring to neighbor Lori Drew, who was indicated th- or indicted rather Thursday for her alleged role in creating a fake MySpace page in the name of Josh Evans. She reportedly used the page to contact Meyer's 13-year-old daughter, Megan. Megan Meyer committed suicide in October of 2006, and her parents have said their daughter's death was the result of the rapid decline of her online relationship with Josh, whom she believed to be a 16-year-old boy who first flattered the self-conscious girl and then later taunted her. Drew faces a maximum prison sentence of 20 years. Tina Meyer said, I hope she'll face the maximum So is she in jail years. now, just out of curiosity? No, no. No, not yet. This, it's going to trial. She's been charged yeah. at this point. Uh, but tw- you can you can be in j- jail before you're, um, you know. Well, then maybe she is. I'll have to. I'll, we'll get to that here in a moment. It's eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The little girl kills herself because of an internet message. The person who wrote the message is responsible for that. That's what this case is about to set as far as precedent is concerned. This is Free Talk Live. Take control. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Those features, by the way, include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, download them free right there on the front page of the site at freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. You can incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. You get it done um, very quickly. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs. You use CutFTL to save 10 bucks off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231, the mother of the 13-year-old girl that killed herself over, allegedly killed herself over being upset because her internet boyfriend that she'd never met broke up with her, said mean things to her online. The mother says that 20 years is not enough for the hoaxers because apparently it was the mother of another one of the teenage girl's former friends that was perpetrating the hoax. Which She's I, now by the charge. way, I, I think is disgusting. I mean, I think that this woman uh, acting like uh, you know a, a, a boy on the internet in order oh, to get oh, it's pretty back, lame. Yeah. yeah, to get back at her uh, daughter's friend. But it's not a they, criminal they, act. No, I, I, I agree. Um, it, it's gross, but at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't justify jail. When we say on this show, as or at least when I say on this show, and I say it often, as far as what liberty is, it's it's you know the freedom to do as you want as long as you don't harm somebody else, you know, don't infringe upon their freedom, their property. Well, harm does not include hurting your feelings. Harm harm includes like real damage that's calculable right this little girl made her decisions uh, good or bad whatever she made them herself 
and you know, therefore, she's responsible. Her um, and her family has to deal with it. I'm sorry, but uh, according to this case. If it is successful in favor of the federal government, because the federal government is pressing charges here. We'll explain that here in a moment. I don't think you can. But, well, yeah. Uh, according to this case, though, if it's uh, if, if in favor of the federal government, then this will mean that anybody, anybody online who has ever sent a message that was less than honest could possibly face federal charges. What if it is honest and a person kills themselves? That's a that's another good point. Yeah, how far will they go with this? Well, anyway, the mother You're says You're a bad person. You know, what says, if she had what if she had portrayed herself on there and said mean things and the little girl broke, killed herself? Right, sure. That's a great Yeah, so basically you don't have the you can't hurt anybody's feelings anymore in America. It's that's what it's coming down to. And the mother in this case says 20 years is unfortunately not enough for her. She played a ridiculous game with my daughter's life. Well, no, she was just playing with your daughter. Your daughter took her own life. I don't think that anybody could ever be responsible for suicide besides the individual who decided to do it. Megan hanged herself. What if uh, people kill themselves over uh, broken up relationships? I mean, can I be responsible for some girl that I... Yeah, just not that into her anymore, so I decide to break up. And, um, you know, she asks me, but why? But why? And I tell her, yeah, well, you know... You're kind of ugly and and your feet stink. Am I responsible for her killing herself? I don't think so, but that's the direction this is going. Megan hanged herself an hour after Josh said he no longer wanted to be her friend and told the world would be uh, told her the world would be a better place without her, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Los Angeles, where. Ms. Drew was indicted. How many um, times have boys and girls said things like that to each other and then gotten back together? You know, I don't know. I mean, lots to, to me, this just shows a little girl who couldn't handle the I mean, I just I'm, I'm very interested. The mother said she used to, to keep an eye on her and on, on the computer and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. don't know whether that is true or not, but this is just bizarre to me. Well, no, it's I don't know if it's that bizarre because it seems to be the inevitable result of the direction this country was has been going for a long time. When we had Julia on the show last week, she was I think it was last week we were talking about sort of the the rounding off of the corners on yeah. the toys and sure. the, the wussification of America. And so this is just the, the next step down that path. Oh, we've got to protect our children from being picked on and not having to hear things that they don't want to hear. We should be able to have our children grow up in a fl- fluffy little environment with little white clouds and pink bows on everything and nothing should ever hurt their feelings. And if you hurt their feelings, you're going to jail for 20 years. That's what's happening in this case. I hope it gets I hope it gets laughed out of court, but doesn't seem likely, knowing the federal well, government. The federal government's not bringing a, a case so they can get laughed out of court. That's right. Uh, Drew, who's 49, knew the Myers and lived down the street from them in Missouri for years. She was charged with one count of conspiracy and three counts of accessing protected computers without authorization to obtain information to inflict emotional distress on Megan. It's bizarre. Where, where did this charge Access, come from? I'm going to read that again. Accessing protected computers without authorization to obtain information to inflict... Emotional distress on Megan. According to U.S. Attorney Thomas O'Brien, he said in a written statement, this adult woman allegedly used the Internet to target a young teenage girl with horrendous ramifications. Well, there are people every day on the Internet that pretend as though they're someone else. Mm. Some of them are playing with the, the heads. They're playing head games with other people. That's their thing. 
But the ramifications didn't have anything to do with the email that was sent. The ramifications, that is, the little girl killed herself, the ramifications have to do with whatever craziness was going on in her head. Whatever madness had told her that, oh, Josh is a 16-year-old hunk. Look at these pictures on his MySpace profile. I could be with him someday. Oh, no, he's broken up with me. My world has ended. Everything is crushed. That's it. I have nothing else to live for. I'm killing myself. That's all her fault. And she made all those choices. I, I don't know how the little girl killed herself. Hanging, isn't that Hanging. Right? It doesn't, um, and, and by the way, we, we had been told that uh, women don't hang themselves. Um, mm. I, I, obviously, it, it can't entirely be true, but uh, it does seem odd. What if she was just going to pretend to hang herself and then slipped? The choking game or something like that? Well, I just, you know, how many, how many people have thought about uh, committing suicide, been up there with a rope around their neck or whatever the situation was? Well, if you back down at the last moment and then slip, then you're pretty much suicidal. So you're talking about a difference of degrees. Just, here. you know, it, just wondering. Well, Drew's family said in a statement by, uh, released by their attorney that we're sad to hear of the... We're, we're, we're deeply saddened to hear of return of federal charges against Lori Drew... The attorneys in Los Angeles have taken a tragic case and added to that tragedy by their unfounded indictment. We look forward to the truth coming out in court after the truth is presented. We're confident that Lori will be cleared of all charges. At least, we can hope. The indictment comes months after local prosecutors in Missouri declined to charge Drew, saying no laws have been broken. So the local bureaucrats at least made a sensible decision. They could have they taken, thought about it. They could have taken the politically correct you know, the politically popular position and ginned up some charges to slap her with mm -hmm. because he can always pull something yeah, out. There's, of there's, I mean, there's there's enough, there are enough laws out there that they can make something up. But they didn't. They let it slide. And so then they brought in the FBI. Tina Meyer said she'd also contacted the local office of the FBI, but they said they could find no laws had been broken. Former prosecutors called the L.A. indictment unusual. A former federal prosecutor who teaches at Loyola in Los Angeles said this is a groundbreaking case. It opens up a whole new world of federal charges when people commit hostile acts on the internet. Oh, you better believe this is hostile. going to this is going to open up a huge disturbing anti-free speech world where people are going to be so frightened to say things on the internet. The feds hate the internet. You're right, and this is going to give them yet another excuse to uh, nose in and interfere and destroy more freedom. How about that? 800-259-9231. I want to hear how you feel on this case. Should this lady be facing any charges, or should we just leave it up to the marketplace to punish her on its own? Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, and they include the wiki. You can get interactive with over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. He's the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The Anarcho-Capitalist Adventure Series continues at freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com. As we continue the story here about a 49-year-old woman that is facing 20 years in prison. 
Why? Who did she hurt, you ask? If you're just tuning in, what did she do? What could she possibly have done to deserve 20 years in prison? Well, turns out she sent a couple MySpace messages. Yeah, that's it. That's what she did. She sent some MySpace messages to a 13-year-old girl. 13-year-old girl got very upset because the lady was posing as a 16-year-old boy on MySpace, as many people do on the Internet. They pose as someone they're not. And she was upset, allegedly, over being broken up with by this alleged 16-year-old boy, so she went and hung herself. And so because someone made a decision about their own life, now this other lady is being punished. Because apparently in the America we live in today, individuals are no longer responsible for their own actions, as long as they have someone else that they can blame it on. We hear it all the time. Sometimes we, you know, sometimes we'll say it in our, in our speech. You and I, we may say it in our speech like, well, you made me feel this way. No. No, I didn't. I'm doing what I'm doing, and you chose how to feel about it. I can't make you, even if you get really, really angry or you get really, really happy or whatever it is, the, the emotion it is that you're feeling inside you, as a result of what you heard me or somebody else say, you cannot say, I made you do that. I didn't. I didn't make you do anything. I can't make you do anything. Well, and, and I think that you know, there's certainly a correlation between the, the actions of uh, your significant other, uh, people that are important to you in your life, and your feelings. That's absolutely true. But what decisions you make after those, they make you feel those feelings or you feel those feelings because of what they've done or whatever, those are your choices. So, it, and it's your choice to feel how you feel. This woman is no more guilty of uh, murder than she would be if the girl went out and robbed a liquor store afterward than she would be of uh, accessory to robbery. No, she is guilty of being trashy. Yeah, oh, she's, yeah. She's guilty of being uncouth. She's pretty, pretty lame. Mm. I mean, get a life, lady. You're spending your time messing with 13-year-old girls on the Internet? Yeah, so classy. So I don't, I don't defend what she did, but I do defend her right to be trashy, and I do defend her right to be uncouth. Okay? So let me continue here with the, the story from ABC News talking about how the mother of the, ki- the girl that killed herself says 20 years isn't enough. She wants a life sentence. According to the story here, uh, this is a groundbreaking case, said a former federal prosecutor, opens up a whole new world of federal charges when people commit hostile acts on the Internet. Perry Aftab, a cyber law expert, said on Good Morning America that the case was an important start for protecting children online. This is the foot in the door, right? Yeah, they love this crap. They, it's always the children. It's the children here where this girl killed herself, or it's the children with child porn. Whatever. These are the two ways they're going to push in and regulate the Internet. They're not even bothering with like terrorism. Wait, they really could care less about this little girl. The, the feds hate the Internet. The bigger the government organization, the more they hate the Internet. Because the Internet is free, sure. it's uncontrolled, and they just don't, and it's untaxed. And they there's money it. changing Yeah, there's money changing hands, and that's what they hate the most. Other legal ex- experts questioned if the prosecution went too far. Joseph DeMarco, former federal prosecutor who handled cybercrime cases, said he was surprised by the charges, which are based in part on the fact that Ms. Drew allegedly violated MySpace's terms of service in order to inflict emotional distress right. on Meyer. So that's a civil issue. That's not a criminal issue. Right. If you violate MySpace's terms of service, you don't go to prison. If you violate terms of service on the Free Talk Live BBS, then we will just suspend your account. Right. We'll ban you. That's that. That's where it should end. 
He says this seems to me to be pushing the limits of what traditional law enforcement should be. You don't normally send people to federal prison for annoying, bullying, or obnoxious conduct. He said you're talking about using a computer service to harass and abuse some other people and that you should not be allowed to that you should not be allowed to do. But it's a slippery slope. What about someone just teasing someone? What about the guy who pretends to love someone? What about it? <laughs> because if this case goes through... What about in the real world if you pretend to love someone? I love you, baby. Well, you know, then whatever. the feds couldn't get involved, see? Because because this is the Internet, there's data going across state I don't lines. care what the government organization is, whether it's a state yeah, okay. or local or, or federal government that's doing it. It's wrong. It wouldn't be right if the, fe- the state went after him. It wouldn't, and it's not right if the local um, organization goes after him. It's not right when the feds do. Let's go to your phone calls. Dave's on the line in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. I'm going to disagree. I agree with you on most things, but I'm going to disagree with you. What do you mean? What's that? Well... There are certain things called fighting words. Okay. And you can't Dave? you can't say them. If you call a cop the P word, you could get arrested. Well, that's because the cops are using their power. I mean, your freedom of speech would allow you should allow you to be able to call anybody any you know name like that. Now, I agree with you. There are fighting words, but this little girl didn't go out and fight. She went and did something silly to herself. Yeah. You know. And I'm not saying that uh, fighting words justifies uh, bad behavior. I'm just saying that you take your your chances. If you uh, you know you, you if you walk up to a really big black guy and call him the N word, maybe he's going to pound your head in, yeah. and maybe he should. Maybe I won't feel bad if he did. Mm. Yeah. Yep. But I agree with you on most everything. So you think this woman should be going to prison? Dave, is that right? I, I got to do more research into it. Yeah, look into that, because I don't think it's right. I mean, again, it's tacky what she did, but mm-hmm. the little the girl in this case chose to kill herself. She can't. Buy, no one else could possibly be responsible for suicide beyond the individual, don't you think, Dave? Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call tonight. The Thank you, sir. Do some research. Words do hurt. I don't want to say they don't. And, and and this, I'm sure that this, it's you know, it's not it's not fair. It's not nice. It's not good. I think this woman, however, should get her pu- uh, punishment um, in the public arena, and she has largely. Um, at, people all over America know who um, know who she is or what she did. I don't I don't know what she looks like, honestly, and I I don't know her name off the top of my head, but. You know, people do, especially people her. You know, people in her local area. That's where she's got to live or move. Moving costs money. The extent of Drew's involvement in the hoax has been in dispute. According to a 2006 report from the police, she told them that she and an 18-year-old employee named Ashley Grills created the fake profile so Drew could monitor what Megan was saying about Drew's daughter. Drew since denied creating and monitoring the profile, saying she only learned of the cruel messages that were being sent to Meyer after the 13-year-old took her own life. Local prosecutor Jack Banus has said the police report overstated Drew's involvement. He declined to file charges, saying no state law had been broken. It's pathetic, Meyer told ABC News at the time. It's pathetic that we as society do not have laws to protect our children or to protect us in general from somebody being able to hide behind a computer and do these despicable things. So, would How be a- can you protect uh, quote-unquote, protect society with laws uh, against people saying cruel things. Well, if she had her druthers, someone said something mean, they'd go, to, uh, go into a jail cell. There are, you, you do understand, Mark, that there are countries in this world where saying mean things about certain people that fit into groups yeah. is a crime. I believe France is one of them. I believe I even Canada, Canada yeah. is one of them. 
So it's not unheard of for governments to have laws like this, or statutes, I guess would be the, the more appropriate term. I'm and then to you're talking about really statutes. arbitrary enforcement, because how can they possibly be there when 99 cases out of, uh, out of 100, how can they be there to, uh, you know, to, to enforce their rules? Well, he said something bad about me. No, I didn't. Where's the case go? Yeah, and how much work are the cops going to do in this case? I mean, for instance, if you, on the Internet, there are certain anonymizing services. So if you were to create an anonymous uh, an account pretending to be someone with an anonymous email address done through a proxy server, and they had no way to, to trace you, how much effort are the police going to put into actually investigating these so-called crimes as they come up in the future, presuming this case is successful for the federal government? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. How many people will send uh, complaints in about their kids' feelings getting hurt? Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the program. It'll cost you all of three bucks a month, and it's, it's voluntary, okay? You can enjoy the website without becoming an amplifier. All the features are free, but you do get access to a few perks as an amplifier that no one else does, like the amp-only call-in line, chat room, uh, and forum. Actually, amp-only toll-free call-in lines, by the way. All of that is included as part of the perquisites of becoming an amplifier, part of the perks. And the purpose of becoming an amplifier mainly is to help Free Talk Live out, get us on more radio stations, bring more Internet listeners on board with the show, and thereby more people being exposed to the message of freedom and liberty. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. Join the program. All right. We're still talking about the Megan Meyer case. You might have heard about this in the past. 13-year-old girl took her own life after being so distraught over her alleged 16-year-old boyfriend online breaking up with her and saying mean things to her. Turns out the 16-year-old wasn't actually a 16-year-old at all, but in fact a 49-year-old woman, allegedly. She denies that it was actually her sending the messages. But the point here is she's now being charged in federal court with conspiracy and some sort of wire fraud related. And it, was like, it, wasn't even, what is, it wasn't even called wire fraud, the actual... It was called. Here's the, here's the here's the crime: three counts of accessing protected computers without authorization to obtain information to inflict emotional distress on Megan. And uh, you were going to say something, Mark. So go ahead, jump in there. Well, I um I was just you know I I think that what this woman did, if she did it, um and and it's you know it would still need to be proven. Um, it is despicable. I, posing as uh, a young boy on the internet to uh to, to you know, harass this girl um, because she didn't like what she had said to her daughter. It, it's it's low. It's lame. It's 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 disgusting. I don't think that the uh, government, whether you know any sort of government, should be involved in it. Um, and I don't. Th- I think that issues of mental harm. And I do think that you can. You know, I, I think that as Dave said, that there are such things as fighting words. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's you know that you can say things that will cause people to um, you know do rash stuff um and that those are mitigating circumstances i think that if uh, somebody decides to come and beat me up on the street that 
perhaps uh, you know I should get more in compensation than if I was screaming horrible epithets at them, and then they decided to come beat me up. Do you understand the like, sure. mitigating circumstances in, in, that makes sense. In, in the situation? And I think maybe what we're talking about here is a situation where the old the old time duel might be uh, the you know as far as I'm concerned, consenting adults can uh, can get involved in whatever they want, and and that includes dueling. How about you? Yes, you, madam. Are, are 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 not worth the skin you inhabit. <laughs> I uh, meet me on the the field of honor, and, and you know the, the two mothers could shoot it out or or whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Um, but you know I yeah that'd be nice. I, I'm not. I, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's going to bring the little girl back. Nope. I think that uh, this woman is best punished through uh, the media. Through Which is what's been happening. About it. We, we've been doing it. Yeah, it's been happening, and her neighbors have uh, shunned her, and she's been shut off from social circles, no doubt. But apparently, uh, you know, that's not good enough. We've got to all now pay to put her in a jail cell so we can pay to feed this woman for the rest of her next 20 years. I mean, that's what they're proposing happened here. Now, here's my question. What if it had been a 16-year-old boy named Josh? Because she was posing as a 16-year-old, and she wasn't. And she wrote mean things to this 13-year-old girl, and the girl allegedly killed herself over it. What if it really was a 16-year-old who wrote mean but things to the 13-year-old? Sure gets done would, every day here in America. Would he avoid the charges because he's he under 18? He was telling 18? the truth. Well, because he's under 18? There's no charge here about lying. Right. It's weird. Uh, I, I don't know. Now, now let, let, I've got a uh, hypothetical here for you, Ian. Mm. Are you familiar with the uh, the, the, the Veergold system? Veergild system? I, no, I don't Th- think this so. is uh, some kind of ancient Norse system where uh, essentially everybody had some kind of value in gold. Okay. No, uh, noblemen had more value than slaves. Uh, you know, bakers had more than uh, you know uh, children, and Got it. Um, old people had less than kids, which is you know whatever. Uh, everybody had sort of a value in gold, and you could sort of if somebody was responsible for the death of someone else, you could get gold out of that person for the for the death they'd caused. Okay. Do you think that this woman would be responsible if if you could have um you know if you could have a justice system where people were only punished by um you know make you know paying um compensation that kind of thing would you require any kind of compensation from this woman No okay no not at all uh, look it's a voluntary choice for her to be on the MySpace and instant messaging people. Look, this next paragraph here. Megan suffered from low self-esteem and battled depression since the third grade. This mm. girl was on a downward spiral. So her Veergold would be less just because, you know, cause she had some mental problems. Well, she was. it was very clear she had problems before this particular incident. Look, if you as a parent neglect your responsibility to help your kids understand how to safely interact on the Internet, then... Do you, there's no responsibility for anyone else out there. You Let's, need to tell your kids wait, 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 that wait. this is anybody can say anything here. This wait, is the internet. Uh, hold hold on. Um, the the woman, the, the the mother, the other mother, and I don't know her name either. You you had read it, and I can't remember what the, the last one was. who's um, the, the, the daughter, daughter died? died. Yeah. Uh, Meyer, Ms. Meyer. Now, uh, Meyer, Meyer, according to what I've seen on television, um, has done a pretty good job of mothering this little girl and uh, was watching her Internet usage and watching her talk to this y- young boy and sort of tempered her, um, you know, emotions about him. He's like, well, you know, we don't know what's going on here. You know, just take it easy. But she took she took her own life anyway. Despite well, the little all girl that. did. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think I don't know what else she could have done. Would you tell your children that they can't talk, they just can't talk to to people on the internet? That's not going to work out. Um, you know, you, 
the little girl made a bad decision. She could have made a bad decision any time in her life. We all can make bad. I could walk out and uh, you know close my eyes and try to cross the street, get hit by a bus. Right? Does is anybody responsible for that? I don't think so. It says here, when Josh requested to be Megan's friend, at first her mother was wary. She had a new friend request, and she looked at it, and it was a picture of a really good-looking boy. She looked at me and said, oh, my gosh, Mom, he's so hot. And I said, do you know who he is? And she said, no. And then I said, well, I don't think you should add him. So you're right. There you go, Mark. She did give good advice to Megan, but Megan went ahead and did it anyway. And what can you do? She made her choice, and then she made another choice to take her own life. It should have ended there. And, and I think that this would be a good instance for Megan to have learned something. She was 13, is that right? That's right. I mean, you know, she's just getting into the world of interpersonal relationships, just starting. And Obviously, I understand she couldn't hack it. that some of the first ones can be, the, um, can be painful because you hadn't experienced things like but that. But most You're people new. don't kill themselves right. over it. And they don't. And as I far think as that, I'm concerned, this is Darwin at work. Right. This is, right. Well, oh, God. I would hate to go that far, but I, I, have to, I can't disagree too much. It's it's obvious she had depression problems. You know, she said she had depression problems. She said she had self-esteem problems. Well, you know, I'm sorry. Um, But she was going to deal with some kind of situation like this at some point in her life. This was an opportunity for her to learn. And sometimes, you know, some of those hard lessons in life... You know, that's it, it's just bad. As far as I'm concerned, if your kid has self-esteem problems, you should look no further than yourself. Oh, well, I don't think that's true. Oh, you think that it's just Not built necessarily. in that all kids have self-esteem problems simply because they're I think kids? There's an, I think there's a nature and a nurture aspect to it. Yeah, I think it's mostly it's mostly nurture. Well, and I, I, think parents aren't I think you're stepping out of the purview of if, your, uh, your role as a talk if show. If parents host. aren't inculcating their kids with correct values, then... Who's going to be surprised when they go down that self-depression, you know, that depression road? Let's go to your phone calls. Brad in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brad. Brad in New Hampshire going once. Brad in New Hampshire hey, going... Guys. Hello there. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Listen, um, something that I see happening um, that's becoming very prevalent, whenever there's a tragic situation, it seems like the government feels like there has to be criminal charges. And this is just really... This is just really ridiculous because there's a lot of things that happen in life um such as you know there are fatal car accidents and there are cases where young girls kill themselves which these are tragic situations but it does not rise to to anywhere close to being need needed to be addressed by the the criminal laws and the only person responsible for this girl's death is this girl Mm. absolutely it's her life, and she chose to end it. And it's terrible. It's sad. And I think this yeah. this woman who uh, you know who sent all these crazy messages, I think she's a little bit loony. Um, but you know, she she didn't sit there and you know hand the girl a gun to kill herself. Nope. <laughs> and even so, if she did hand the girl a gun to kill herself, would that be her fault? No, she still I she mean, still wouldn't be responsible. Well, um, I can tell you, under laws in New Hampshire, she would be held responsible for that. And really, be a class. It'd be a class B felony. She'd go to state prison for seven years. Um, another reason I was calling, and I just sort of came up with that other thing listening to you guys, I wanted to correct Dave from Ohio. Um, the fighting words is a term that's used in the disorderly conduct law. And as you guys know, the disorderly conduct law, I mean, you can basically charge a ham sandwich. Disorderly <laughs> conduct. Um, the, the term fighting words is used in the disorderly conduct statute, but according to Supreme Court precedent, Fighting words um, directed at the oh, police. Oh, hold on to that. We'll find out more about fighting words here in moments if you can hang on through the news, Brad. More coming up. Hour 2 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. The cynic says... 
I started losing my hair, and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacor two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacor's formula is FDA-approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacor's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Evacor and receive Boost just for trying Evacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching an hour number two of the program, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right back into your phone calls, we go. Back to Brad in New Hampshire. Uh, Brad, you're back on Free Talk Live, and you were calling to correct an earlier caller to the program, for those just tuning in, he had brought up the concept of fighting words and had suggested that if you were to uh, incite things with a police officer, that they could arrest you for it. That's right, and um, this is not true. A, uh, a law enforcement officer who is uh, operating properly under Supreme Court precedent, quote-unquote, um, cannot be offended by fighting words. This means you could walk up to uh, a law enforcement officer as long as nobody else could hear it. You could use profanity. You could make insults about the officer's parents, children, anything. <laughs> it, and, this, and this is considered protected speech um, against the government. And um, now, I certainly wouldn't advise it because, as we know, there certainly could be uh, law enforcement officers out there which you know would would find a reason to... Um, to arrest you for something. But sure, you wouldn't get arrested for fighting words. You'd get arrested for, uh, you know, some oh, trumped-up yeah. nonsense. Or not. <laughs> something else. Something else silly. Or maybe they just but, hurt you. You know, you never know when you're going to hit or run into a rogue cop who won't even bother arresting you. Well, we read these things in the news every day. Yeah. So I just wanted to point that out. So it's A-OK to go up to a cop and say, F you. He's not supposed to be able to do anything about now, it. Now, what happens if other people can hear you? Then it's profanity? If other people, if other people can hear you, uh, that, then um, disorderly conduct generally would apply because disorderly conduct is making loud or unreasonable noises in a public place or a private place. What about the bird? Can you flip on the bird? I mean, if someone's looking at that, is that disorderly? Um, I, I, w I would say that... Um, uh, an aggrieved law enforcement officer could make a case that your actions caused somebody else to um, be alarmed. And being alarmed, uh, quote-unquote alarmed, is the standard that's used um, when when judging fighting words. And again, I'm not an attorney. None of this is legal advice. So, I, And again, sure. I wouldn't suggest doing this to the police. Oh, no, not a, not a good idea to go up to, to men strapped with uh, guns and imbued with what they believe to be authority and, and mess with them. I absolutely agree. Yeah, bad idea. But if you were to uh, extend your middle finger, if, if someone was to extend their middle finger at me as I work in law enforcement, I would just laugh. And, you know, and I've been... There's been many times when I've been at work driving around and someone will just throw their finger out the window as I'm driving by him. 
it's it's actually kind of funny. I just wave. Yeah. Well, what else can you do? That's that's kind of what I figured out when I was in when I was in uh, middle school when this 13 year old girl was having issues with being picked on. I just realized I came to the conclusion that when people pick on you, you just smile and you you know you brush it off. You don't let it get to you. And you... nothing irritates nothing irritates people more when you're nice to them when they're trying oh, to get yeah. a rise out of you. Oh yeah. I used to love doing it when I when I worked at uh, Kmart when I was uh, in my late teens. I'd I'd pretty much applied that pretty effectively to my life that that uh, that mentality. And so whenever I'd have to deal with somebody who was really being irrationally upset, you know, you've got the the kinds of customers that are upset for good reason because they've actually been treated poorly by another employee or, you know, the product broke or whatever the reason is they're upset. And then there's the customers that's just upset because they're just a jerk. And so I always loved just flashing them a big old smile when they were getting up and getting loud and getting heated and, you know, demanding this and demanding that and just, you know, basically telling them, Oh, okay, great. Well, thank you so much for uh, for coming by today, and uh, you know, just kind of blowing them off essentially, but with a big smile on my face, and it it sure was fun because you know that like you say, it really grinds at them. Life's too short to let small stuff bother you. There you go, sir. Thanks for the call Have a good tonight. Night, guys. Certainly appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Take yeah. control of the airways. You know, you you show what kind of person you are in those circumstances. Exactly. We go to Steve in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve. Hey, hey how's it going tonight, guys? What's on your mind, Steve? Well, uh, I was listening to a podcast, which is how I normally listen to the show, and you guys were talking about the FLDS ladies, uh, the people who had their kids taken away. I shouldn't say ladies uh, in Texas. I, they're probably and ladies. Said, uh, no reason right, why you yeah. wouldn't want to call them ladies. Yes, yeah, they had their children stolen, over 400 children stolen from their parents. Exactly. Uh, and you were talking about how I guess some insiders at some hospital uh, that's commissioned by the state to take care of the children um, were spilling the beans on what was going on there and the treatment of the children and so forth and that's how they correct. were taken away from their mothers and, you know, et cetera. And um, you said that, well, we haven't heard from the ladies. We haven't heard from the mothers, the parents. And actually, on that very day, we had... Uh, on the Today Show, uh, which my wife watches, I, <laughs> I, I don't normally watch that sort of stuff, but she mm-hmm. watches it, and I happen to catch it. Um, they had two uh, FLDS, uh, two sets of FLDS parents, two men and two women, mm. and you wouldn't believe what they have gone through. The state said they were going to keep them all in one place. They did not. They have them far flung. This one couple had three children, and I'll. Uh, I'll put an asterisk next to the word children because I'll get back to that in a second. Okay. Um, they they sent one north, one south, and one east, and of course Texas is is the geographically the second largest state. It's huge. Wow. These people are living in their car, uh, pretty much. They're basically homeless and childless. They they drive from one child to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other, and in, in a gigantic uh, horrific merry-go-round. Wow. Uh, over the state of Texas. Now when I uh, when I said an asterisk by the word children. Uh, here's the rub. One of those children of this couple is 23, I think, or 26 years old. She looks young, and the state believes that they are lying about her age. Uh, so she's being held on to. She's being kept prisoner until she can prove somehow that she is how old she claims to be. That was the other aspect to the case I think we talked about earlier this week, is that they discovered right. that one of these young ladies was older than 18 and they had to let her go as as a result of that uh but it, but it, the allegation was that they held they they kind of knew that she was probably over that age but they held on to her so she could have her baby first so they could snatch her baby and then let her go right 
That's right. Yeah. And then the, the, one of the ladies said, yes, our daughter, she's in her twenties and she's being treated like a child. And I thought, well, you know, she's on TV. She's nervous. I'm sure I would be too, but she's not being treated like a child. She's being treated like an animal. They're all being treated like animals. Mm. Mm. So. It's awful. Yeah. Any other highlights you wanted to share or lowlights as you might say? Um, no, but the, somebody was talking about the thing with the cops. When I was in the Navy in Virginia back in the eighties, uh, I had a migraine, and people with migraines often appear drunk. They slur the words and things, and I was at a bus stop hmm. with some friends of mine. A, a cop came by to kick our feet to see what was going on, and uh, they said, what's wrong with him, and shined a flashlight right at me. Nice. And uh, I, I said, I have an effing migraine. I used the word. Right. And the cop said, hey, listen, you don't talk to us like that. That's verbal assault of a policeman. Verbal well, now, assault. Have, that's what he said, and, and of course I'd seen cops, and you know those guys cuss at the cops all the time. So I let loose with a stream of cuss words like you would not believe, <laughs> and suddenly he quote unquote got another call and had to run. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, glad he Verbal didn't try assault. to glad he didn't try to f with you on that one. That's right. All right, guys. I'll, Thanks for uh, the call tonight, the Steve. The Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So uh, uh, there you go. Another update on the FLDS case. These poor parents being forced to uh, drive all around the state because the, the state government didn't even bother to keep those siblings together. They didn't even bother with that. I mean, if you need any more evidence that these bureaucrats are just heartless, they just don't care. They separated siblings. Why couldn't they find a home? They've got different foster homes. Why couldn't they find a home where the three kids could have gone together? Well, it's, um, you know, the, the, the motives aren't there. They aren't motivated to... to care in the same way as uh you know people but isn't it bizarre in the real Mark? world are I, I i know but but i understand their motivations are different but you'd think that there would still be some level of humanity left some I think level of some caring. of them individually certainly there was the you know the the story of the one guy who was uh, rocking the little boy um you know when when he had the opportunity i think he does care i think that a lot of them care but they're not motivated in the same way. You know, it's, it's just, so it's just wrong. It is just so disgusting what they've done to these people. And what can we do about it? Well, actually, there is a suggestion from Larkin Rose, which you might get to uh, one of his suggestions here in a moment as far as what one can do about situations like this. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, that's all on the way. And also coming up, Starbucks. Apparently, their logo is too hot to handle for one Christian group based in San Diego. Now, you've seen the Starbucks logo before, right? Yeah. Mark? Is it uh, Siri or uh, is it uh, Minerva? Who, who's on the uh, the, the Starbucks? Some logo? chick. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, it's weird looking it's legs. Roman or Greek god. We'll find out more about that here in moments and take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include the updates. Get on the list. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something new to announce about Free Talk Live. You'll know it first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. Of course, it's totally free. That's updates. FreeTalkLive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing your extra pounds? Working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight. If you can relate to that, go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. 
see the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. Get off that fad diet roller coaster forever. Check out notfatanymore.com. 800-259-9231. I mentioned Larkin Rose had a possible solution. We were talking about the FLDS mothers having their children stolen from them. And it's not just been them. It's been other uh, religious groups around the country. And not just religious groups, but parents who have, for instance, crossed somebody in government, someone in the halls of power, someone was upset at them. I mean, we've just seen awful story after awful story. What do you do about this? What do you do about it? I mean, because when they come for your kids, if you fight, you're going to die. So that's not going to help get your kids to see mommy and daddy ever again. So that's not an option, and we don't ever propose violent solutions on this show. So we need to think about other options. And Larkin, uh, I think he kind of agrees with me uh, here. And uh, by the way, in case you don't know who he is, uh, Larkin Rose went to jail, went to federal prison for about two years because uh, he didn't file income taxes and there was some other charges, uh, some other income tax related charges that uh, that were slapped on him. Anyway, he was known for a long time as one of the, the big tax freedom advocates. He's a Free State Project member and uh, not yet in the the state of New Hampshire, but I well I, the Free State Project uh, you, you don't right. you don't have to move till it's the time to move. Sure, but uh, he's I think he. His two years in federal prison did nothing but radicalize him even more. As I recall from an, an interview he did with Mark Stevens from AdventuresInLegalLand.com, he was talking about how when he originally went to his court trial, he thought there would be a chance he'd get a fair trial, and now he understands that that's just nonsense. And uh, he's pretty much gone into the world of being a, a complete a complete anarchist. And that's the term he uses. I obviously prefer the term free marketeer or, or voluntarist. But anyway, this is from his uh, newsletter. Actually, uh, yeah, it's from his newsletter at uh, tyrantbook.com. By the way, his new website, he's got a book out called How to Be a Successful Tyrant. He says, I get regular complaints from people who say that while they agree with many of my crit- criticisms of how our government functions, I offer no solutions. In reality, I repeatedly offer the only solution there is. Trouble is, there's a range of solutions that people are willing to consider, and when I tell them that nothing in that range will do any good, they declare that I have no solution to suggest. And I'm not even talking about violent revolution. While that can by itself remove a particular set of tyrants, it doesn't remove the problem of tyranny. To wit, the American Revolution ended up creating the largest extortion racket and the most powerful standing army in the history of the world. Mm. What even Good point. what even many trained or what what even many limited government folk don't see is that they've been trained to focus on completely worthless ineffective methods of change. And the one thing which is amazingly simple which would actually unravel the tentacles of tyranny existentially scares the heck out of all the indoctrinated peasants. The slaves are taught that petitions or elections or lobbying for this or that legislation is the only civilized way to effect or to achieve change and to fight for freedom. In reality, those are all ways to solidify your own enslavement, because they all reinforce the idea that you need the permission of tyrants in order to be free. In other words, all such solutions are premised on the assumption that you are the property of government, and so it must, or so you must beg it to let you be free. Do we try to vote out carjackers and muggers? Do we politely petition and lobby common thugs to please not assault us and rob us? Of course not! Not only is it ineffective to ask crooks to be nice, please, but there's no need to win them over. We don't need their permission in order to have the right to defend ourselves and our property. And yet all political reform that you'll hear about from any but the most extreme corners consists of asking tyrants, or asking tyrants, to please not oppress us so much. 
In short, the minds of the oppressed are stuck in a paradigm which renders futile all of their efforts to achieve freedom. This is what I say when I when I when we've seen evidence of the homeschoolers, or the, probably the most recent example, the homeschoolers in the medical mar- or the marijuana movement going to the state house in Concord here in New Hampshire and literally begging, just begging these bureaucrats, these elected uh, people to not regulate them any further, or in the case of marijuana, to deregulate just a teeny tiny bit, just give us a little bit more freedom, just watching them beg, it's so sad. Well, I think that you can ask and um, at the same time state, look, I'm not going to do it. You know, right, that's it what is. we need to see more of, is uh, the non-cooperation, know, and that's what he touches you know, I, on. I'm here. here to ask you not to put regulations on the homeschoolers here in New Hampshire, and to give you notice that, that if, if you, you do, pass this silly, silly little right. law where I have to report in every week on what it is that I'm teaching my child, my child, what I am teaching my child in my home while I school them, I'm not going to do it. Exactly. Imagine an island tribe that believes that the volcano on the island is a god, and whenever misfortune occurs, they attempt to appease that god by giving it a human sacrifice. After a while, those in the tribe get bummed out, not only because lots of innocent people are dying horrible deaths, but because the crops aren't improving, the weather is as bad as ever, and nothing else seems any better. So they keep tinkering with their method of god appeasing, but nothing seems to work. They try giving sacrifices only during full moons. They try giving the volcano only pretty young women. They try all sorts of dances and chants while flinging people in. Nothing seems to work. Of course, no amount of tinkering will do the slightest bit of good until they lose their irrational superstitions and realize that throwing people into a volcano will never improve the crops. All of their efforts will be not only useless, but horribly counterproductive, especially for those fed to the volcano. (laughs) So it is with modern statists. As long as their efforts are focused upon trying to reform government, in other words, trying to somehow create a nice master who will choose not to oppress his slaves, their efforts will be in vain. As long as they believe in irrational superstitions like servant governments, the consent of the governed, elected representative government, and so on, they'll remain enslaved. And as long as they accept the notion that someone has to be in charge, that someone has to be making and enforcing the rules for everyone, and that someone has to be, uh, has to be given huge superhuman rights and powers to keep us all in line, as long as the people believe that, they'll be extorted, assaulted, controlled, enslaved, and oppressed. He then follows with an excerpt from his book, How to Be a Successful Tyrant. However, while the peasants will tolerate a lot, there are limits to their patience. But those limits can be all but eliminated simply by giving them some sort of outlet, completely ineffectual, of course, for their displeasure with you and your regime. As long as there's some system of checks and balances, whereby the peasants can appeal to different levels and agencies of your regime, then they will almost never resort to violence. You have to work within the system. That should be your mantra, and it will be quickly echoed by most of the peasants. Of course, working within your system is never going to get the peasants freedom or justice, but even giving them the illusion of due process in some form of appeal will keep most of them forever banging their heads against a bureaucratic wall instead of actually resisting you. So what is the solution, says Larkin? Well, stop throwing sacrifices into the volcano. In other words, stop treating government as if it has any authority over you. Of course, it does have the power to hurt people, and you'll have to take that fact into account. But stop thinking, talking, and acting as if its control of you is inherently legitimate or even justified. Stop voting. Stop calling its commands laws. That's something I've got to work on. Stop treating its thugs with respect 
as if what they do is justified or legitimate. Stop sending them the message that you agree that they're your rightful masters. Again, you may have to comply with much of their coercion just out of self-preservation, but don't ever give them the sanction of the victim by treating them as if they have the right to rule over you. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site we give away, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version. Both are free for you at freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th, and at Porkfest, you'll be able to meet hundreds of individuals who, just like you, cherish liberty and are living the goal of liberty in our lifetime. See firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live as well with uh, tours that will be going on all across the state. Of course, you can go out on your own as well. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We are much looking forward to it, and it's going to be here before you know it. It's already uh, May 16th, so less than a month away. It's Porkfest time. Join us, porkfest.com. 800-259-9231. A few more thoughts from Larkin Rose, and then we go to your phone calls. Uh, Larkin is talking about how people are just... They, they need solutions. They're frustrated by... What the government is doing, how oppressive it has become, how awful it is. We were talking earlier about the 400 children that were kidnapped from their parents in Texas by the Texas government. And it's easy to feel helpless. It's easy to feel hopeless because you're dealing with a force of, of men and women who believe they have authority and aren't afraid, to, uh, aren't afraid to use violence on you to get their way. Right. They're able to use violence. They're able to use the, the power of their authority. And they can do it with impunity. They, they, there's, there are no um, punishments for doing the wrong thing. Very few punishments for doing the wrong thing. I, I suppose if you get together uh, four or five uh, uh, cops and kick a black guy to sleep um, you know, and do it on video, then, well, maybe the nation will uh, uprise. But in general, the 99.9% of the cases... You know, bureaucrats aren't held responsible for what they do. And it can be very frustrating to anybody who's out there paying attention because we know that we can't be violent in response for two reasons. One, it'll result in more violence because violence begets violence and you'll just end up dead. And number two, you don't want to lower yourself to their level. Violence <laughs> is what they do. Well, and it doesn't work. Well, right. There, I mean, there's the violence begets violence thing. So there's two, re- but there's two reasons. <laughs> you, violence begets violence and, and you won't win. Like you're fighting against a, uh, an opponent that is significantly larger and better organized and uh, has public opinion behind. Well, it. right, and even if you did win, and even if the public win opinion was behind your side, it would still not result in healthy things in, right. into the future. Well, well you, uh, sort of when you say violence begets violence, what I think of is the American Revolution. You know, fought for liberty, fought for independence. And what did we get out of the deal? Just like Larkin Rose said, we got the... The biggest government ever. The biggest government ever, and the largest standing army ever. And our founding fathers were against standing armies. Now, and, and put it in the Constitution. Now, Larkin's suggestion for a solution is to change your mindset. 
to uh, to stop treating government people as if they have any authority over you. Stop sending them the message that you agree that they're your rightful masters. He points out you might have to comply with some of their coercion because of self-preservation, but don't ever give them the sanction of the victim, as uh, Ayn Rand called it, by treating them as if they have the right to rule over you. Now, as he points out, of course, one or two people doing this won't end the empire. In fact, it won't even change the day-to-day life of the one or two people very much. But nonetheless, being able to free your mind and being able to escape the mindset of a slave and then trying to help others do the same as we do six nights a week here on Free Talk Live will not only reveal a power and a freedom you never knew you had, but will plant the seed which will slowly but surely grow into the solution that will end all tyranny. As Stephen Bicko said, the greatest weapon the oppressor has is the mind of the oppressed. So are you ready to wrench your mind out of the grip of your enslavers? Or are you still too attached to the cult of government? Let me leave you with one more quote from my tyrant book. Put yourself in the shoes of your oppressors and imagine what the world really looks like to them. Remember, the tyrant book here appears to be written from the perspective of a tyrant, giving advice on how to be a successful tyrant. Here it is. Your peasants must never be allowed to realize the power they have. Their power can be deadly to your regime, even if they do not resort to violence at all. Gandhi led millions of people in India in a bizarre revolution that crippled British control of the country. Amazingly, they did this without any violence. To a large extent, they defeated an empire by doing nothing. Mere passive noncompliance with the commands of an empire, a.k.a. doing nothing, if done by enough of the subjects, spells certain doom for any tyrant. If one day all of your victims decide to not pay your taxes anymore, there's nothing you can do to preserve your power. If they all decide to ignore your laws, your laws cease to exist. Always remember, your authority exists only in the minds of the peasants. If they ever stop perceiving you as an authority, your reign is over. And it probably won't even be a dramatic, violent end. Instead, you may simply fizzle into irrelevant oblivion, as the peasants, including your enforcers, simply forget to bow to your will. They won't even need to oust you. They'll simply ignore you out of existence. Choose any historical tyrant and imagine what would happen if one day everyone in his regime woke up and said, That guy's Looney Tunes, and I'm not listening to him anymore. And his mustache looks stupid, too. (laughs) Would they then feel the wrath of the tyrant? No, because there would be no one to enforce that wrath. The power of every tyrant is 100% illusion, and you darn well better know how to keep that illusion alive if you want to stay in power. So Larkin asks, are you letting the illusion stay alive in you? Well, I, I hear what he's saying, but this, this idea that you shouldn't vote and you shouldn't uh, you know, go to the, t- the tyrant and say, look, your tyrannical crap is a bunch of tyrannical crap. I think that's I, – I, I disagree with that particular aspect of what it, what it is that he's saying. You I know? don't understand. Well, he says you shouldn't vote. I think you should. I think voting is a, uh, you know. A, I think it's irrelevant. I think you can if you want to. I don't think that. I think some people would suggest I, that voting. I would give is, you it's largely irrelevant. I think that some people <laughs> would suggest. Some people who call themselves an anarchist would suggest that voting is your consent, and I don't agree. There's no explicit consent there. I understand where they're coming from with that point, saying, well, if you vote, then you're consenting to be ruled. No, I don't think so. That's not the case. It did not say that when I signed up the when I signed the voters registration form. It did not say, you know, by filling this out, you consent to being ruled or you consent to whatever the results of the uh, the vote are. You consent that the people that you elect are your masters. None of that was said. So I I do agree with you, Mark, that voting can still be a a self defense act for some people. 
But unless there's somebody actually worth voting for, I'm not. I'm not going to really waste my time with it. Anyway. I, I, I'm with you. That I'll vote for Mary Ruart, but that's about it. I'm, I'm with you that it's largely um, irrelevant. So, uh, but but generally, I mean, how do you feel about his mind? The idea of changing your mindset about the government people, about removing from your head the idea that these people are somehow superior to you. That I think they in order to do that, you have to you have to take some very brave moves. Um, he he says to go on, and you you may have to do something or other. Well, know, right, he didn't call for a total disobedience. He See, just... to me, if I if I remove those people as rulers in my mm-hmm. mind, and I'm getting there. Uh, then to to to, to uh, do anything to, to bow to somebody who is not my ruler. Well, okay, but but you have to come to the the mindset first before you get to the not complying part. And I think inevitably that would be the ultimate goal, right? To get people to understand in their heads first to free their minds that they are not ruled by anyone else. We are all equal. No man is better than a, than another man. And get that solidified first, and then once they get that in their head, once they start thinking that way, that's when the ideas start to come out about how you can resist, about how you can non-cooperate, about how much more possible that becomes. Because if you haven't set your head straight, then non-cooperation isn't even an option on the table. Uh, Okay. So I think it's a good first – for most people, that would be a good first step is rejecting authority then after that, after you've fully rejected a, the so-called concept of authority, then implement a non-cooperation plan. Which non-cooperation, as he as he suggests, you know, Gandhi, very successful, Martin Luther King, uh, or Rosa Parks, for instance, good examples. This can work, and it will work if we get enough people involved in this. And that's one of the reasons why I think the Free State Project is so important. Interestingly, it, it seems to be working a, little, a bit here in the Free State. That's correct, even with a hand, literally a handful of activists. So having 50 to 100 people non-cooperating mm-hmm. could really shake the system to its very core. It, you know, it's, it's absolutely true. There's, there's all kinds of things happening here, and, and uh, I, the things that surprised me, I certainly wasn't one of these uh, non-cooperationists in the beginning, but... Uh, you know, I'm seeing some things that are working here. Well, we're going to gather more evidence over time to uh, to make our case. So far, we've had proof of concept happen at least twice where people non-cooperated and the system just let them go. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. David Anna is on the line, as well as a couple guys as well. You can bring up anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's really that simple. Um, some people sometimes will email me to make sure that they actually, you know, that they did things correctly and that the purchase went through and that I got a cut. And as long as you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, all should go smoothly. The only factor that you want to keep in mind is you want to go into Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and take care of your order within the next 24 hours. If you go there and then you don't actually finish an order within the next 24 hours, then we won't get that percentage. But otherwise, if you just go, dump some stuff in your shopping cart, check right. out. So if you go and, and put some stuff in your shopping cart through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and then you wait a month, and then you We decide, won't get it. Yeah. 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 Well, 
buy it that way. So that's the only caveat. But otherwise, it's a great way to get the stuff that you need for life in 41 categories of products. Get it shipped to your door for free in many cases. Free Super Saver shipping and help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. So head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and get your shopping done. Let's go to David Anna in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David Anna. David Anna? Going once. It's Dana. Oh, it's Dana. Dana. You know, board op, Dana. the board the board should be Dana. Huh? You know, the board op should be asking how to spell things, but you know, sometimes they get busy. So I'm sorry. Well, I did sorry spell for that. it for him, but I guess he still wrote it down wrong. It's that Texas accent, Dana. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I just wanted to talk with you guys for a minute about the um, El Dorado kids that you were talking about a little yeah. bit ago. Yeah, we were talking about them earlier in the show. Yeah. What I found recently in a news article, and I don't know if you guys have read this or, or maybe you already know it, when this group of people bought that land, 1,700 acres down by El Dorado mm-hmm. in 20, 2004, that's when they came there. And that's when they brought the land and started developing and building all their buildings. The state of Texas passed a law changing the age of consent for a girl to marry. They changed it from age 14, which it had been for ages, to age 16. Really? So this, this, huh? Really? That's interesting. Yeah, I thought so, too. So that, to me, fits a president from the day those people arrived. They were out to get them. So you That's believe there was a connection? You, you don't think it was just a coincidence? Oh, goodness, no. Hmm. Legislature doesn't pass things coincidentally. Now, are these they people actually getting people, married? They, they knew their attachment to Jeff's, Jeff's. They knew their attachment to, in the past, to Hilldale in Utah and Colorado City in Arizona. Now, Dana, are they... They did the, it intentionally. Are they actually getting marriage licenses? Are they actually going through that no, process? No, What it is is spiritual marriages. So then what is the law? I mean, then their their statutes would not have any um, effect over that, right? Well, supposedly. But it gives them a right under Texas law, and the way Texas kind of twists everything to manipulate it so it works on the state's behalf. They're calling these marriages. They're not calling them spiritual mar- uh, marriages. They're calling them polygamist, more than one spouse marriage in this state. Well, now, yeah, the fact is they don't try like... to dissect that... They're not recognizing spiritual marriages. What it really is, the ones that have done that, has been incest. Oh, not incest, but child molestation. But by changing the age of consent, even if a mother consented for a child to be spiritually married without a marriage license, but still cohabitating Mm -hmm. and still considered common law because Texas is a common law state and common law marriage where you just don't have to go through a divorce. So by those realms of definition, they did it intentionally. It's been there for decades. Age of 14 consent for a girl, for the parents to consent was right. 14. Was, was it 14 for a boy, too? Presumably. No, no. no? It was 16 for a boy. That's interesting. That's strange. Yeah, I, I feel like it should be the same. And, I, I, you know, as odd as it seems for a 14-year-old child to get married, if the parents uh-huh. consent to it, then I guess I don't have a problem with that. I, you know, in, in some cultures they do that. Who am I to tell these people uh, that they can't? 
Good call well, tonight. I've done it hmm? for years in the West. That's how it was settled. It was nothing to have a 14-year-old bride in the 1800s. Absolutely not. It was it's quite, nothing in the quite common, as a matter of fact. Absolutely. I mean, l- lifespan because was not as long. That was middle-aged. Pe- yeah, people didn't live as long. They had very hard lives living out in the prairies, trying to farm and isolated from civilization and all those kind of things. So it was people died young, but they got married young and became parents at younger ages. Yep, and what was normal back then is now all of a sudden become socially unacceptable, and it seems bizarre to people today, but I'm with you on that one, Dana. I mean, look, many of these young people could be far more mature than they actually, I mean, as far as, I, I don't know what the maturity level of the uh, the FLDS kids are, because I don't have any experience with them, but I know that in the, you know, sort of the regular American youth world, they're pretty darn immature. And the reason for that is not because they're naturally immature at that age, but it's because they are trained to be that way. It's because they aren't allowed to grow up when they're ready to grow up and they're told that, because oh no, we, you're still a child. our kids rotten. That's the problem. That's a factor too. They're, we do everything for our kids. And if you don't teach them that responsibility of working and managing your money, mm-hmm. doing what you're supposed to do, keeping them occupied with responsible things and keeping them physically and mentally busy, they get into drugs. They do all these other things. And it results in um, you, what, what you have, uh, you know, uh, the phenomenon of the 35-year-old uh, child male out there. Yeah, the live-at-home 35-year-old. Uh, you know, yeah. these these guys that uh, they, they can't provide. They, they, they're not ready for a family. Uh, they're not even right. thinking about something like that. Dana, thanks for they're your thoughts tonight. In, they're still in the me and I thing. Mm. That's the level a lot of them are in their 30s. They're Thank you for your call tonight, themselves. Dana. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That has to be... One of uh, it's got to be one of my pet peeves because when I think about it, I think about all of the wasted years, all of the wasted time. You hear about the the homeschoolers. We talked to, we've talked about homeschooling many a time on this program, and when we talk to homeschooling parents and they tell us about their kids, it's not uncommon for them to say things like, "Well, my uh, young, you know, my son was in college at age fourteen, yeah, and I, you, you're stunned by it, but." This is possible when you take them out I of the I think it's a system. bad idea, personally. I mean, I would not Why? send... Well, I wouldn't send my uh, Jack to college at 14, hanging around with 19-year-old drunk kids. You don't think that you would have uh, explained to him by that point? I mean, that that you would not have explained to him drinking and and how to behave and how, how to drink responsibly by that point? I, think I mean, you've talked about talking about that with Jack. I, I would, but, you know, I just, I, I you don't, don't know. Tr- you, don't, you wouldn't trust him? I, I just, I Is I he don't. somehow more likely to be irresponsible at 14 if he was raised correctly versus being irresponsible at 18 if he wasn't? I think that, uh, I think that there's, uh, you know, the, the peer dynamic changes when they're, when the, your peers are all older than you um, than when they are the same age, because in some ways you're subordinate. Age, um, you know, at that time, age is important. Somebody who's 18, 19 looks, it looks and acts like, you know, they, they look like an adult. A 14-year-old looks more like a child, and I think that that affects kids. Personally, I don't think it's a great idea to send kids to college at 14. I think people should be free to do well, it. I don't think college is a great idea, personally. Well, but it could be. It depends. If, but what I, if Jack wants to be a doctor? Do you think he should just go out and start being a doctor? Yeah, I no. do. Yeah, well, that's because you want to see him in jail. No, no, no. I meant if you want to be a doctor, you'd have to go to the college thing. And what I meant was, yes, he should go off to college, even if he is only 14. It would seem to me that if he was educated correctly, that this none of what you're suggesting would be a, um, a big deal because you could 
you could inculcate him with the idea that, okay, you know, Jack, you're 14 and you're going to be going into this realm with people that are much older and many of them are much more immature than you are. You're, you're going to be probably one of the more mature uh, young men on this campus. And, you know, just remember that when you're dealing with them. If they try to look down on you because you're young, just ignore them. And you, you could, I think you can head all that off at the pass. By having a conversation, I don't think the conversations do it every time. But if the child would be has consistent learned, over if time. the child has learned in a homeschooling environment like, and, and managed to, to, end, to get done, graduate by the time they were 14, likely they are very good at learning on their own. So they prob- could probably continue college in, um, you know, via correspondence. There's some great correspondence sure. schools. University of Phoenix get, or whatever. Um, yeah, t- take, take out the core requirements that are, you know, just the, the worst, getting that bachelor's out of the way, yeah. especially the associates portion of it, out of the way. Oh, I don't disagree. I think that would make the most sense simply because he's an independent learner and probably would be would fit in best in a set-your-own-pace kind of a, a situation like that. But it just it's just bugs me when, uh, when this issue comes up, when the issue of uh, young people being treated like babies, treated like children. I mean, even you use the term child to define a 14-year-old, Mark, and I think it all depends. I think it all depends on their mindset and their, their mentality. And I think, that, I think that young people in America could be a lot more intelligent and mature than they, than they are today if they were allowed to be the adults they want to be. But the laws, the, the statutes in society, and the rules and regs say they can't. Even if they want to, they can't. More coming up. Hour three's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. We're launching into hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up, if we get a chance, we'll talk about Starbucks uh, finding itself embroiled in a controversy over their cups, over their logo. We'll find out what people have to say about that here in moments. But first, your phone calls about anything. It's Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live, Bill. Hi guys, how you, how you all doing? Super. Tonight? What's on your mind? Well, um, you were uh, you started the show off at hour one talking about cybercrime, so I thought I would uh, throw another uh, topic on the table. This having to do with the United States Air Force wanting to take over all communication devices, cell phones, PDAs, personal computers, for their own purposes of launching cyber attacks against uh, pr- some other country uh, presume, uh, outside forces people that are attacking the data infrastructure of the united states i don't understand when you when you say they're talking about taking over those devices what, what does that mean they're wanting to start building as you probably are aware of and mark's uh, mark's eyes are going to glaze over when i discuss this but as you know in the in the cyber world uh so-called hackers have the ability to infect PCs uh, and take them over and make them zombie machines. Yeah, zombies. That's what the term is, right? Yeah, zombie machines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, zombie machines make them part of what's called a botnet. So the way that works is, for instance, they will, uh, by whatever means, get a piece of software on your computer 
that is uh, normally called spyware or perhaps malware, I think. Mm-hmm. And it runs in the background. You don't know it's running. It bogs down your system. And what it's doing is a variety of different things. But one of the most popular ones is sending spam. So essentially uses your computer and also thousands of other computers around the world to send out its spam messages, for instance, as one example of what they can do with this botnet thing. So you're saying the military wants to create a botnet of people's computers without their consent? The United States Air Force, part of their cyberspace command, has uh, is putting together a five-year, $30 billion initiative that would incense not only computers, mind you, they want to take over every communication device make it essentially a bot part of their botnet so that they could fend off foreign attacks coming into the United States. Would the idea be to put this in the devices from their you know from their distribution points or would it be to get it in there after the fact via some surreptitious means? They they won't disclose how they're going to do it. They're just saying they want to do it. And <laughs> that and that disturbs me because, you know, I didn't go out and buy you know, my my PC for this, the purposes of the for the United States government to take it over to do whatever the, it is they want to do with it. Yeah, I don't care if it's only going to use one percent of my computer's clock time. Uh, that's unacceptable. That's not what I'm paying for. But I would bet they'd probably, if they're going to do this, they'll leverage their uh, their power and they'll just go straight to the manufacturers or whatever. They'll go to Microsoft and say, "Hey, you better put this bot software in your." Uh, your next operating system or your next Windows update. That way we can have all this distribution without even having to do anything for it. Well, yeah, and, and what's funny is that they're not just wanting to target Windows machines. They want it on every single PC that's running any operating system known to man in the wow. United States. That's crazy. Um, my, my question is, now, if my computer is in my home, I know that I have the constitutional right to, to tell the military not to homestead in my house. Yeah, that's the Third Amendment, which is very, uh, very rarely talked about. The uh, the Third Amendment: No soldier shall, in time of peace, be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner. Uh, right. If so my computer go. is in my house and the military wants to take over my computer, wouldn't that just be a direct violation of the Third Amendment? Yeah, I I think that that's really great, Bill. I I'm, I'm I didn't really think of that, but yes, it is. Well, no, it wouldn't be because uh, the Third Amendment specifies soldier, and soldier it's clearly that would not be a soldier. That Either way, it's an it, extension. They of the shouldn't military. be doing it. No, of course they shouldn't be doing it, but they can, and they, they it sounds to me like they will because they're the government, and only they can legally do all the things that the rest of us would get thrown in a jail cell for doing. Yeah, uh, I found the article, in case you guys want to dig in further, it's uh, an article written by Bruce Sterling over at Wired. He's got a nice little write-up on it. So, Great. Thank you for the clue there, Bill. Any other thoughts tonight? Um, that's it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the heads up. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. So the military may be working on putting some sort of little nasty little spyware program on your computer. Now, they, now we've talked before about how the uh, the Army has their own video game. Now, he mentioned this was the Navy, but... No, he said Air Force. Oh, excuse me, Air Force. So it's a different branch, but there's no reason why that idea wouldn't spread over to the Army, and so they could just attach that spyware very easily onto that video game and at the very least have the few hundreds of thousands of people that have downloaded that game get infected. And it's the military, it's the government, so it's not like you can do anything to them over it. You can't bring any sort of lawsuit. I don't think you can sue a a spyware um, company anyway, but... Still, it's just awful. Idea. Yeah, I don't think you can sue them, but I mean, you, you can uh, you, you can kick that stuff off your computer if you figure out 
you know, what's going on. 1-800-259-9231. We continue with your calls. It's Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Yeah, hi. Good evening, guys. What's on your mind? Um, there's a few things you've talked about. It's very important. And okay. there's something you were saying about the uh, people out there in Texas, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, is that they're living according to the Bible, okay? You mean the FLDS people? Yeah, no, I'm going to tell you something. It's in the Bible about this. We are to intermarry until the time that Jesus returns. What's, What's that, that mean? Intermarry. It's Deuteronomy 33, 21. What, is, just, what, is it, what does it mean to intermarry? What's that defined, oh, please? It just says, uh, well, read the read the scripture. He would explain it, too. It says, can be paraphrased as saying, descendants of King David, Zara, a son of Judah, and Gad would intermarry. Too much Bible. Too Gad. much Bible, Paula. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to Paula, not well, the Bible. Just, this is what they're living by, okay? But intermarrying, and, is that like incest? Yes, that we're supposed to intermarry until... So, you know, biblically, I should be having sex with my sister? Is that what you're no, saying? No, I'm saying, I'm not saying that, I'm saying intermarry. I mean, like, it's what's been going on. We've all been marrying our own families, okay? And the thing is, I mean, we are from Gad, because we came out of Germany, and then over to, you know, to the United States. We? But anyway, um... <laughs> hey, his is, last name's Bernard. I think he came from France. France. Huh? His last name's Bernard. I think he came from France. No, it's what I'm saying. The house of David and the Israelites, we you came listen out, to Paula, of, sir. out, out of the Middle East through Germany. Okay? okay, I got you. And then we spread out because the America, Britain, Ireland, Scotland, Germany, France. all. So the- wait, are you suggest? Uh, who is it that you can't have sex with? I mean, if you're, you're saying that we're all the same family, then... Well, we've all been intermarrying our own cousins, what we've been doing. Is it? Well, what if you? Uh, what if I uh, married a, a black woman? I did not. But uh, what if I did? Uh, you're not supposed to uh, marry outside your bloodline. Are you? Is, a, is, is that a sin? Huh? Is that a sin, or have I just uh, sort of you know yes, made a God mistake? Yes, God you're not to marry outside your bloodline. Well, how are you to know that a, that a uh, someone who is a black person is outside of your bloodline? And how what if they're only that? half in my bloodline? Well, that that's happened from time to time. But I mean, the thing is, most people don't know. You know, if there's something you know interlisted, go and look at it. You know, there's so theology. how are you supposed to know if someone was is within your bloodline? Are you supposed to judge based because, on skin color? Isn't that all racist? These countries I mentioned, okay, Egypt and all the Nordic countries, Spain, Mexico, United States, Canada, Britain, Ireland, Scotland, Germany, France, and all the North, we're all one family. We're all Jacob's kids. Hmm. Who was there before before the the tribe of Gad went there? Who was there? Yeah, that's from that's uh, the tribe of uh, Jacob. Uh, okay, um, who was there before the tribe of Jacob went there? Isaac. Isaac was there. There, there was Abraham and his two sons. Yeah, but, but, but there yeah, were people. There were people and, around. And Isaac, okay, then Isaac uh, uh, had. So I mean, just you know, it's, we have all come down from. You know, I mean, we're all products of incest, really. Well, but Abraham. But, now, now Cain went to uh, Nod, I believe, and he married uh, somebody. One would assume. So there were people running around the planet at the time. Just because the Bible doesn't mention them doesn't mean they didn't exist. So, who was there that Jacob's tribe or Gad or whomever um, who went up into Germany in their place? Who was there beforehand? Didn't they go in there and then intermarry with those people and then sort of create something new? With what people? The people that were existing in that area. (laughs) To Paula, they didn't exist. Their own families were there. I mean, mean, we were all over, you know, there. I mean, we had left uh, Ireland and went to to the Middle East. And, I mean, the thing is is that we were all there together. Why why is it you're so fixated on this idea, Paula, this idea that everybody – that only – that a bunch of people are related but other people aren't related and that there's something wrong? I'm I'm talking about Jacob's line of children, okay? So what is it that's wrong, Paula, about having sex with somebody from another uh, region of the world? Well, I mean, if you want to have – you know, I mean, if you want to commit, you know – 
uh, a sin. I mean, go and do it. But, I mean, most people don't do that. But it's Oh, most people does. don't do that? Really? Thanks for the call tonight, Paula. More coming up. You can take control. Take uh, control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. They include the bulletin board system. Get interactive with over 350,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, innerknobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. And you can save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's innerknobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com, or see their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231, again, is the number for you. We go to your phone calls. It's Nick in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hello, Nick. Hi, am I on? You are, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to uh, talk about agorism uh, pretty briefly. Uh, Guy uh, brought it up a couple days ago towards the end of the show, and uh, I just wanted to say two real quick uh, things. Actually, the second one is a question. The first one is more of a comment for Mark. Uh, Mark, I uh, guess you um, objected to agorism just a little bit uh, uh, with the objection that it was a little too difficult. Um, you brought up the example of using gold coins immediately. Um, I just wanted to clarify that. Can we real quick, agorism, uh, for new listeners, clarify what agorism is? Go ahead. Uh, agorism, uh, Brad Spangler, uh, uh, one of the uh, members of the movement, defines it as revolutionary market anarchism. It's basically a strategy slash philosophy um, advocating the use of counter-economic or economic forces uh, to achieve the libertarian society as opposed to political means, uh, such as voting, reformism, things of that nature. Uh, agorism is basically just trying to build the counter-economy uh, so that it both takes away the uh, nourishment of the quote-unquote state, the beast, Leviathan, and gives that to the people uh, within the counter-economy, working uh, libertarians who are uh, planning on building something a little bit more substantial uh, when the state is supposed to uh, fall after that. Uh, So that's just uh, what agorism is. A more broader broader, uh, uh, detailed analysis would be in the New Libertarian Manifesto or in agorism.info, but uh, to sum it up, uh, Brad Spangler calls it uh, revolutionary market anarchism. Uh, and the question or uh, the comment uh, from Mark's clarification is, agorism is also, uh, other than uh, revolutionary and radical, it is also incremental, uh, which means that it goes by phases. So uh, your example of using gold coins right away Whereas that's a possibility, um, if the transaction costs were too high or if the uh, immediate costs were too high, uh, it would not be something that would be used within the counter-economy. Because it goes by phases, uh, we don't look to jump into the whole kit and caboodle uh, right away. 
So, Mark, are you following all this? I, I am. I think that the 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 key here is to have uh, you know strategically placed individuals ab- about the country, and in my case, I would just care about New Hampshire, but they can uh, you know th- that'll sell gold and silver to someone at a rate that you know makes sense for them to buy. I think uh, silver's sitting at about uh, sixteen ninety four um, right now. So if somebody sold me a bar of silver for eighteen fifty. You know, they could make a little bit for having uh, smelted it, and, um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind uh, paying that particular premium. But I think a lot of people would, would you know, they would bother them to, to uh, you know, suddenly take their $18 and turn it into seven, $18.50 and turn it into $17. Do you get me? Well, that, that's, that's definitely a possibility, and that would be one of the problems with that. Um, but what I was uh, getting at was more that we wouldn't exactly go into or – it's a possibility that gold coins, silver coins, uh, silver money, things like that wouldn't be gone into um, right away. Uh, the phases go uh, zero phase, uh, phase one, phase two, phase three, and then finally phase four. Uh, Agors starting out would be entering the phase one stage, which is very low-density agorism, in which case the goal is simply to um, create a kind of locale or a um, little cell or a uh, group of alliances uh, with different people of a like mind and begin um, counter-economic uh, uh, activities on a smaller scale working up from there, not to um, exactly go through the uh, get, just dive uh, headfirst into the entire process of the later stages. Because uh, banking is a, it's a complicated uh, system, so it should be left up to a um, uh, graduated phase. So probably around phase two, phase three. No one knows uh, what these phases are yeah. you're talking about, by the way. Uh, Just so you know. The Libertarian Manifesto um, by Samuel Edward Konkin III, uh, which was the book that kind of uh, uh, introduced agorism uh, as a strategy uh, in uh, revolution. Uh, uh, our means revolution, um, revolution our means rather, uh, there is a uh, list of phases that agorists can expect to go through as a broader movement in macro in a macro sense. Isn't it just now, the phases are, um, you know, essentially use more gold and silver? No, the, uh, the phases are more of a macro sense. So as in uh, phase one, this is what agorists should be um, – dedicating themselves to this is uh, the role that an agorist should play. In phase one, it is to uh, organize a locale. It's basically a beginning. Uh, phase two, which is mid-density agorism, that is more of creating a smaller neighborhood where trade is um, beginning to take place and you're kind of expanding out. Phase three is high-density agorism, and that's where the more complicated things like uh, banking and uh, private protection agencies and things like that uh, start to occur, and that is much farther down the line when um, the state is significantly weakened by the acts of tax evasion and uh, economic secession and counter-economic activities, smuggling, labor smuggling, uh, whatever you can think of that goes under the government's authority, uh, undermines its authority, and undermines its taxation powers, uh, that is essentially what is to work up to the point where more complicated activities like banking... It'll work. Uh, It'll just take a really long time. 
So what's wait? What's phase that's, four? That's a, well, that's that's a point. It's it's a long time, but with agorists, we're we're in it for the long haul. Uh, I always say, I want liberty uh, in my lifetime. Liberty in your lifetime is a nice phrase. But can you ever get liberty in your lifetime? Uh, I could if I could get you to pick up and move to New Hampshire. Uh, and that, that was actually about my second uh, question. Um, <laughs> oh, we'll get to it real quick because we're almost guys, out of time. Uh, when I hear you guys talk about uh, the Free State Project, I think that it is quite compatible with agorism. Absolutely. And, and it, would, it, would be, it would be the way to get uh, Phase 1 really kicked off and Phase, uh, phase 2 moving. Nick, get your question yeah. out quickly, please. Uh, that was just my question. Do you guys think that it is also compatible? Thank it's all—it's already oh, yeah. started here. They've uh, started a uh, you know organization called Shire Silver, which is getting ready to uh, you know release. Uh, I don't sure, know. Maybe, the, maybe it's the Lloyd dollar. And the market anarchists and voluntarists and uh, free marketeers are coalescing in the southwestern area of the state in the Keene area. So it's all starting here. Thanks for the call, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com, see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. They know that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. Do business with business support Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Unscreened to the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. This is Alex. Alex, what's on your mind tonight, sir? Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Murray Rothbard. I don't know if you guys have already brought him up tonight or not. <laughs> no, I don't we sure haven't. No, haven't it's mentioned... been a popular uh, topic the last few weeks, so I thought I'd chime in with my uh, two cents. But... Um, I don't know. I just sort of got the impression you were uh, kind of down in Murray Rothbard just because it's too intellectual or too hard to understand. And um, I've just really gotten into his works lately, especially like uh, Ethics for Liberty and um, yeah, for a New Liberty. He's got some really, really good stuff. But I think you would. Uh, yeah, people have told us uh, on the air recently that he's not as scholarly as one might think that he is. Do you think right. more people read nonfiction or fiction? You think more people read uh, probably I, fiction? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but I mean, um, you know, it's definitely nonfiction in terms of uh, it definitely you is. Know, uh, what he's got to offer. But um, I think, you know, uh, there's there's a lot to be had with his stuff. I mean, it's more just that he's lengthy than than academic. He he writes for a long time, you know, and his books are very big, and that might scare people away. But um, the content of it is not really that hard to digest. It's probably the most, like, uh, just straight-up, straightforward, pure libertarian message that you can really uh, – really ask for. And I think, you know, um, if you listen to Harry Brown stuff, you know, uh, you'll find that a lot of his arguments are derived from Rothbard. So, Great. Uh, but Good I, deal. I wanted to tell you guys, there was a, um, 
something really funny on a Google video called uh, Rothbard Rising. Have you ever seen that? I have not, no. No. It's, <laughs> it's this computer-generated cartoon that has uh, Rothbard and uh, Lou Rockwell kind of uh, going into like this kung fu setting. <laughs> and it's, um, it's really funny. I don't know. It, it sounds it like something that probably wouldn't be funny to anyone outside of the most internal of uh, liberty circles, though. I, but, so you know, we try to keep the show, you know, sort of general audience related. And once we start dropping names of, of people that, you know, I don't know. Well, if somebody well, who's I just know, tuning I, into I the show is going to say, you know, what, like who, Lou, who? I mean, I understand we reference LouRockwell.com on this program, but only because it's a you know, good, show, good source for, for information. I I, I just, just, you have to be careful when you're talking to the, to the general audience. No, I agree. And it is definitely um, not maybe the very first place to start somebody. But uh, now there is a good video on um, that you can go on uh, YouTube and see called uh, "Pirates and Emperors." That's a good one. It's done. Yeah, uh, I wanted to check that out too. Yeah, it's it's done in the Schoolhouse Rock theme, and and they uh, you know they they sort of chronicle the the capturing of a pirate by an emperor, and they have a little song, and uh-huh. and it's I I found myself singing the song more times than I can tell you because <laughs> uh, it's you know the the one it's not really the chorus maybe it is the mm-hmm. chorus yeah it's the chorus uh, you know pirates and emperors, emperors they're, they're really, really the same thing. thing. That's right. And yeah, it sounds really so schoolhouse rocky, you know? It looks that way, too. It's very good. Yeah, it's very good. And, and yeah. then there's the Philosophy of Liberty, which is also an excellent little eight-minute uh, YouTube video that you can show people. And yeah. it's, that's much more yeah, relatable to others. The Rising video is not instructional. It's, it's purely a fictional uh, premise where they have the uh, Cato Institute going up against the Mises Institute. Oh, yeah, that's dry. So really- <laughs> the think, the battle of the think tanks. Yeah, exactly. And so you're right that it's for um, the already, um, you know, inclined towards uh, philosophy. You, there you, can, go. you can believe that there's some of our listeners out there that care about it a great deal. I think you know if anybody you know knows those names, Rockwell or Cato or. Um, Rothbard, then they would find this, you know, hilarious just because they have this this whole Matrix sequence where he's teaching them kung fu. Very good, <laughs> and, sir. Uh, I'll check it out. Good. Any other thoughts tonight? Um, no, I just wanted to sort of uh, spread, you know, the the Rothbard meme a little further. Okay, but, uh, thanks that, for the call. Certainly all. appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He has got some fans, doesn't he? Yeah, he certainly does. You Is he alive? Don't wanna, I, I don't know. He didn't look like he was alive. It was a black and white photo, and he didn't look young in it. Yeah, I, didn't, so I, don't, I don't think suspect he is. He is. Um, another good one out there. If you, if you're at all a Star Wars fan, check out uh, put in vets vets fet and uh, you'll get to see okay. a really fun little video of. Uh, Is this that one you showed me with the the music video? Yeah. Okay, the rap video, right? Yeah, it was a little rap video with the guys with the Boba Fett dancing around. It was yeah, very, definitely very, for Star Wars very, fans. Very funny. I, I mean, don't know if I think it was just for Star Wars fans. My wife enjoyed I didn't it. Get, I didn't get most of the you, jokes. You were, you, you were being a jerk. It was like you were playing these little flashing boxes over there on the wall, and you just didn't, couldn't be bothered. Yeah, but I'm just not a big Star Wars fan, so I didn't get most of the jokes he was making. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, let's continue here. Uh, other amp line, also unscreened. Who's this? Hey, this is Jason in Pennsylvania. What's hey, on Jason. your mind tonight, Jason? Hey, well, I called because uh, you guys were talking about that, that lady who was... Uh, being indicted in California for uh, pretending to be that girl's boyfriend on MySpace or whatever it was. Uh, yes, actually, she's I think in Missouri, Missouri. not in Missouri. California. Missouri, there you go. Yeah, right. And she was, uh, but they were going to charge her in California because they had the right laws. And yeah, well, it's a federal. It's federal charges that have been filed in California. Yeah, and the, you know the feds are basically coming to the rescue because you know they didn't have the right laws to prosecute her before, and. Uh, what I wanted to point out was uh, just that, uh, that in this case, I think most people think that the feds are doing the right thing. 
because they really, you know, they're like, oh, how can this lady get away with this? Right. The lady and, was despicable, uh, and therefore, you know, she yeah. should be punished. Well, and whoever liked being picked on as a kid? A lot of people were picked on as kids, and nobody ever liked it. And so you could understand that their natural response would be, well, that bully should get theirs. But Yeah, so this is, I mean, this is a case where the popular opinion is that this woman should be punished. And, you know, the, the prosecutors are, are coming out, or the feds are coming out and, and doing what, you know, is, is the popular will of the people. Politically expedient, exactly, sure. Exactly. Politically, yeah. And this is exactly the case where, you know, people need to be protected by uh, the Constitution there and due process. This is, uh, this is really, a, you know, it's... Yeah, and they're throwing it right out the window for the sake of uh, right. political expediency, and so... It's just so sad to to see this happening, and 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 if and if this woman ends up going to trial and losing, then it's going to open up a whole Pandora's box of yeah, other possible terrible. charges for anybody who's ever said anything uh, that offended someone on the internet. Yep. Well, that was just one little thing, and then I, I heard while I was on hold there that you guys are talking about uh, uh, libertarian books and everything. Um, I'm one of those guys who likes to uh, you know, read the uh, nonfiction stuff, but I would have to point out that for fiction. Uh, anything by Robert Heinlein is awesome. Uh, I just started reading his stuff, and uh, it's it's great science fiction, and it's totally libertarian. And <laughs> have you have you read the the Moon is a Harsh Mistress? I haven't got to that one yet. I haven't found. I would it say, I was yet. told that that was his most uh, libertarian uh, a book. That's and, the only one I've ever heard of, and, and it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome. I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it thoroughly. Now you like yeah, the uh, the fantasy the stories, right, Mark? There. I'm sorry, I, I got to you at once. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, sorry. Oh, the fantasy stuff, too. I started reading uh, Terry Goodkind only because you guys interviewed him on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good stuff, huh? Got, oh, about through seven of those books, and uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. But You don't feel yeah, like uh, stopping. If, if there was one that I told, I would tell you just to to, to skip, and I, I don't think I would skip them because I enjoyed them so much, Was would be Dead of Bones. It's this tiny little book that you get for $6 oh, or something. It's, and it, it's sitting over on my uh, on my bookshelf, but I haven't read it yet because I haven't read. The, I don't have the books before it, so. I, I, yeah, it, well, there there aren't any before it. It's uh, the first. Uh, it's it's sort of like a, a prequel. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, maybe yeah. I'll read it then. Yeah, you can read that one uh, just in one sitting. <laughs> All right, and uh, that wraps up this edition of Libertarian Media Corner. Thanks for the call tonight, Jason. We certainly okay, appreciate okay. it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I read a really great uh, libertarian fiction book, and this is this one as opposed to just being entertaining because it was it was written extraordinarily well. But it was what I would call important too. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Little Brother? It's uh, by uh, supposed to Big Brother. Yes, as opposed to Big Brother. Um, it's about uh, little uh, libertarian hacker kids, kind of, and it's written by a guy named hmm. Corey Doctorow from the uh, Electronic Freedom Foundation. Oh, interesting. And boing, 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 cool. Boing, 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 com. All right, more coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Starbucks logo offending people, and we know you shouldn't be offended in America anymore. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, just enough time for your call. If you make it right now, again, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800 259 9231 Still to come here, we'll try to sneak in the Starbucks story, but your calls are primary. We go to the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. This is the Christian Anarchist. Hello, Gene. Gene. What's on your mind, sir? 
Hey, we just uh, just drove back from Bowling Green, Kentucky, to visit with the Ron Paul crew up there. Uh, it was it was good. It was the usual Ron Paul stuff, you know, the good stuff that you want to hear. Um, probably six, seven hundred people showed up. But uh, you guys earlier were talking about music videos. Yeah. And I was wondering if you had seen the music video by Eileen Allen for Ron Paul. No. Eileen uh, Allen, uh, Ron Paul video. I think if you go to Google Video or M- or YouTube and search for uh, uh, Ron Paul and MTV, just uh, use those. Because I guess this Eileen Allen girl is does something with MTV. I haven't watched MTV in about twenty five years, so I don't know. But um, anyway, the the music video is well worth uh, looking at. It's very professional looking, and it's a it's a catchy. Uh, catchy uh, piece and uh, very good uh, production value. So uh, you might want to check that out, all you guys and all your listeners. Uh, I-L-E is spelled A-I-L-E-E rather than, you know, the, the way you would expect it to be spelled. And then Alan is the last name. But just thought I would pass that by since you were talking about music videos. That was a great one. Very good, sir. It was A-I-L-E-E? Yeah. Okay. Anything else on your mind tonight, Gene? Well, uh, I got to talk with Rand Paul for quite a little bit and uh, talking about the uh, what happened in Nevada, and he said that uh, rumor has it, you know, Nevada, the GOP walked out because the Ron Paul delegates were, were just about taking that convention over and voting in a lot of delegates to go to Minnesota. But he said rumor has it that the, uh, Ron, the Nevada delegates, or the Nevada GOP, is not going to reconvene at all. You know, we were all wondering, well, when are they going to reconvene? When are they going to reconvene? But he says that it looks like they plan to not reconvene at all and actually send zero delegates to Minnesota rather than take a chance that the delegates would be Ron Paul delegates. <laughs> the whole system is completely stacked against those poor Ron Paul guys, and they're trying their best to make a difference, and it's just it's not working out too well for them, is it? Yeah, a conspiracy runs deep. Hey, Gene, since we've got so, you here, since you uh, you are a yeah, before we go on before we go on with questions, it's Amy Allen, A I M E E, Amy Allen. Okay, A I M E. There you go. Good. Hey, Gene, as uh, as one of the resident Christians who calls the show, uh, there's a story here out of the Star Tribune in Minneapolis that a Christian group based in San Diego has uh, been outraged about Starbucks. Uh, and their logo, which they say here has uh, apparently it's a retro style logo for Starbucks. They brought back, I guess, an old logo from the 70s. And it says that uh, this Christian group says that the new image has a naked woman on it with her legs spread like a prostitute, according to the founder of the group in a news release. Uh, and they're upset because it, it reveals some of her breasts. As a, as a Christian man, Gene, how do you feel about breasts? You know, I kind of like breasts myself. But, uh, <laughs> you mean, is, but is it immoral? Is it anti-Jesus to put a woman with breasts on a uh, coffee cup? Well, you know, the Sistine Chapel and all of those things, I guess they're going to have to cover all those up because all of those old churches and uh, all of that ancient art 
has an awful lot of breasts on them, so I don't know what they're planning to do about that. Yeah, I've, I've found that uh, some Christians, and certainly not all of them, but some Christians are... Uh, yeah, really offended by uh, naked women. And this, by the way, this picture is not of an attractive naked woman, no. which is a real problem. Um, but you know, they're, they're really disturbed by uh, certain works of art and that they think that this caused lustful images or something. I don't know. Well, I haven't seen this thing, so I don't know what it looks like. It, but uh, I, I'm suspecting that it's kind of uh, abstract. Is yeah. that correct? It, oh, looks, yeah. it looks more yeah, old timey, so. like something you might see on a, uh, you know, a, a Greek urn or something. It's got, uh, she's got two uh, mermaid legs instead of one. What and are those things for her legs? They the, don't the, look like they're legs. Fish, they're fish legs. Um, I thought it was like a okay, coffee yeah, plant or something. I think I have seen that thing, and you know, it, it's not all that offensive to me. I don't yep. think that it's, uh, uh, you know, it's one thing if you're going to offend your customer base, you're going to you're going to suffer at the uh, cash register. So sure. I don't. But uh, to me, that doesn't sound, I, as I recall from seeing that, it's not that offensive. I, I just wanted to see if, you know, if, if there was actually people. some, I just wanted to find out if there was actually some basis for their viewpoint. I mean, because it's clearly there's a wide variety of uh, viewpoints within the, the so-called realm of Christianity. And, I mean, where where does this come from, Gene, this, this, uh, this fear, this irrational fear of the human body and the body parts that we all have? Well, a lot of it is due to the fact that, uh, you know, sex outside of marriage is uh, is a no-no. And uh, people tend to relate all that stuff with with nakedness. Now, in the old days when everybody lived on a farm, uh, you know, children learned about uh, the sexual organs at an extremely young age, basically probably four or five. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they saw the farm animals doing their thing. And sure. it didn't take too many years before you would figure out what what your sex organs are for, I think at a much younger age than what children do today. So I don't really know. I think it's partially, I think it's more of a modern thing than a than an old thing. I yeah, think it's an interesting point. Younger, yeah, when I was younger, I think uh, kids knew at a much younger age what sex was all about. I know I did, personally, and uh, uh, I think... We kind of live in a very sterile environment this last right. 50 years or 40 years. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier with the idea of kids being coddled and not allowed to grow up, and they're they're being protected from adulthood. Yeah, and it's, it's the same way for uh, people in eating their meat. You know, people. It's it's interesting how people can uh, sit sit around uh, a, you know a, a table at a restaurant eating dinner with uh, some other people talking about how horrible it is to go hunting while gnawing on a hamburger. You know, they they, they they experience meat without understanding where it comes from right. or um, e- even caring about the process. They want their meat to come wrapped in plastic, lying on some styrofoam, and that's how they want to see it. And it's funny because now things are that way in China, but when I first started going there uh, about uh, 14 years ago, my wife's parents or her dad was... Killing, you know, they would go get the chicken at the market and bring it home and slaughter it there in the kitchen and prepare the chicken. Now, of course, even in China, everything is pre-wrapped, so wow. you don't go buy your chickens anymore. You go to the supermarket, you buy your meat all blister pack, just like you do here. Mm. Where'd that name come from, by the way, blister pack? I never understood uh, I that. I don't know. 
Was it Mr. Tight, Blister? Like a blister? Was it Mr. Blister that invented it, or do you get blisters trying to open them? Because I used to, they used to always call blister packs like the the stuff you'd buy a, a little digital camera in, and you have to you know whip out the scissors yeah. and a pair of pliers to try to get in I and. Believe- I believe it was invented by Sir Edmund Blister of uh, <laughs> hey. Everybody who ever invented anything. Just not anything, people naming their kids Edmund yeah, anymore. Yeah, it was named Edmund. Hey, Gene, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. The, the group here, uh, The Resistance is what it's called. This is a Christian group out of San Diego. Story from StarTribune.com. The Resistance, uh, one of their leaders, the founder of the group, Mark Dice, says uh, her legs are spread like a prostitute of the Starbucks Logo. He says, need I say more? It's ex- in extremely poor taste, and the company might as well call themselves Slut Bucks. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm with him that it might be in poor taste, but just because it's ugly. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's not an attractive logo, and I think their previous one is, is better. But it's a two-tailed siren uh, from the 15th century is what they've got on there. So this is this, my friend. What's this gentleman's name? Mark. Mark, Mark Dice. This is Art. Shut up. Well, and take your business elsewhere. Uh, they are saying they are well, considering. This is this guy doesn't buy anything at Starbucks. Come on, he's just one of these people that wants to, you know, get, get some in attention. the news by get, get it, riding the coattails of somebody who's working hard and doing providing a good product for people. Just like these people out there that say boycott Ford because they like gay people and all that other crap. Don't go to Disney World; they have a gay day, and that nonsense. Just shut up. Who cares? Well, it says here that uh, the logo is going to be running on Starbucks cups for several more weeks, uh, according to company spokeswoman, and will live on as the logo for Pike Place bags of coffee. And the group, the Resistance, is claiming more than 3,000 members nationwide and has found a place on the fringe advocating and advancing various conspiracy theories is now calling for a national boycott of the coffee-selling giant because they have a a pencil-drawing of a somewhat naked-looking uh, lady. Yeah, I'm going to go to Starbucks tomorrow morning, which I haven't been to in months. And buy a cup of coffee. And I'm going to buy a cup of coffee in cash. I'm not <laughs> going to use my Starbucks card, which was given to me. We'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.